welcome to Season 3, Episode 18 of the Minor Touches to Major Impact Podcast for Nonprofits, where we're talking about what happened before million-dollar donors gave their million-dollar gift. It may surprise you. I'm David Oakes. Welcome to the show today. Welcome to the show today. Glad you tuned in. My topic today is the challenge, what happened before donors gave their million-dollar gift. It may surprise you. Before I jump into that, let me encourage you that you do not have to do your fundraising alone. Would you consider fundraising with our team at the Minor Touches to Major Impact uh, fundraising accelerator. There are about a dozen of us in there now. And it's just me and a bunch of writers and fundraisers. And we are actually doing their fundraising as we go through our class. You're welcome to join us. Click on the link in the show notes. Do not continue to fundraise alone. You'll lose your fire. Plus, trust me when I tell you, I, this has happened over and over have proven it to be true. When you're fundraising by yourself and you're not so sure about what you're doing, you're leaving a lot of money on the table and you're working hard at getting that lesser amount. Okay, enough of that. Let's launch into our subject today. What happened before donors gave their million-dollar gift? It may surprise you. Harvard University has 254 million-dollar donors as of this taping. But long before they gave their million-dollar gift, most of these donors did one thing. You know what that is? They gave a test gift of $100 or less. A good friend of mine recently recounted how he felt moved to give a large gift to a local nonprofit leader. We're not talking about a small gift. This was a major gift. He had never given to this leader or his organization before. He just wanted to do it. He submitted the check. He felt like he had done something divine and providential. This was money he could have spent it on himself, but instead, he gave it away to this organization led by the leader that my friend knows very well. And he felt good about his giving. He told me he felt really good. He had given significantly to this organization and their mission. He told me how good he felt. But there was no recognition of the gift in Anyway, and my friend, he said, I, I couldn't help but wonder, maybe the check got lost. You know what? They didn't get it. So he goes to his bank account, checks. Yes, the check was cashed by the organization. It had cleared the bank. After a few more days, he heard nothing. After a few weeks, he heard nothing. After a few months, he heard nothing. After a few months, my friend no longer felt good 
about his giving to that organization. True story. I'm sitting here telling you the true story with my hand in the air, knowing that I want to understand. He lowered his voice and then he said, I will never give to him or to his organization again. It was then that my friend shared a very telling statement. Here's what he said to me. He said, David, it speaks to me to what kind of person he is. I hate it, he said, but I've lost some respect for him. My goodness. Studies tell us that most people, like my friend, who give a first-time gift, they never give a second gift. As of last year, less than two out of ten people came back and give a second gift. It was actually around 1.8 people give a second gift out of 10. So out of every 100 donors who give to a nonprofit for the first time, less than 20, actually 18, will give a second gift. The other 92, is that right? The other 82, I'm sorry, the other 82 never give to that organization again. Listen, studies tell us this is the norm here for nonprofit fundraising here in America. Oh my goodness. But here's what those studies also tell us. People smarter than you and me have studied this. Dr. Adrian Sargent, mostly considered the father of modern fundraising. He says that if, 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 We can work hard, and if we can get them to give a second gift, the odds of that donor joining you in your mission with a third, a fourth, a fifth, or even a million-dollar gift or some part of their estate, a gift from their estate after they pass, if you can get them to get that second gift, That is the all-elusive gift that nonprofits need to focus on and make happen. So the biggest thing you can do to get that second gift, according to Dr. Adrian Sargent, the father of modern fundraising, here's what he says, celebrate, go overboard over that first gift. Oh my goodness. All nonprofits, missionaries, churches, all fundraisers should have a well thought out plan to welcome and celebrate first time givers into their community. Mm. See la pause y'all. Think about that. Can I give you five takeaways from just this Harvard University $254 million donors and their the largest majority of them giving their first gift of less than $100. Number one, let me give you a few takeaways. Number one, major donors will often test your mission, your systems, and you. The study of Harvard's $254 million donors showed that the majority started with a first-time gift of $100 or less. Listen, your immediate response to a donor's first gift will either shut down elevated giving from seasoned givers 
or it'll open the door wider for increased givers. How many millionaires stopped giving to your organization after their first gift just wasn't celebrated to the degree that they thought it should be? How many donors to your organization never give above the tip level? All you're doing is getting tips. Yes, they're giving gifts, but they could be giving so much more than tips. How many of your donors just give tips because their contributions have never really been honored? Wow. My second takeaway, a first-time gift is a prime indication of a donor's readiness to engage in relationship with your organization. How you respond to that gift makes a huge difference in that person's life and in your organization. Wow, it's a prime indication that donor is sending you the gift. It's something they've never done for you through your organization. They've never given a gift before. It's a prime indicator. I'm ready for relationship. Okay, point number three, third takeaway. Failing to engage a first-time donor when giving their first gift can instigate any number of unintended messages. You may not mean to, but when they give, remember the story of my friend, he gave a significant gift, but when it was never acknowledged, he got some messages that I'm sure the organization did not intend to send, such as, this organization is not grateful for my gift, or if they know the person who's the fundraiser, they'll say, this person is not grateful for my gift. People don't give to be thanked. Most people don't give to be thanked. But the absence of the simplest of human kindnesses borders on rudeness and ingratitude. Wow. So it can send the message that my gift is not important. You don't mean to say that, but in in reality, That's not what you say, but it's what the donor hears. My gifts don't matter to them. Just like my friend, you'll wonder, well, did they even get, maybe they didn't get the money. And then they will say, here's the message that ends up just, they can't get it out of their head. Did I make a mistake in giving to this organization? Ignoring first-time gifts can demonstrate, here's my fourth takeaway, sorry. Ignoring first-time gifts can demonstrate a culture of mediocrity. You don't mean to let cause people to think it, but when someone gives for the first time and you don't celebrate it, you don't notice it, you don't make a big deal out of it, it can demonstrate that at your organization and your mission and your ministry and your church, that you have a culture of mediocrity. Organizations that don't celebrate first-time givers don't operate at the level of excellence required to accomplish impossible purposes. A culture of mediocrity does not motivate major donors to give. Without any further involvement, it lets donor first-time donors know 
there is a culture of a culture of mediocrity at some level and your organization and they may have just given you a tip it could have been that $100 or less ah give you my word i promise you this when they sense that culture of mediocrity they will not continue on to give you larger and larger gifts they won't do it okay here's my fifth takeaway most pastors do not connect this extraordinary decision with the just as ordinary extraordinary spiritual opportunity okay i'm talking to pastors and churches pastors when someone gives to your church for the first time and you don't acknowledge it you don't make a uh, you don't say thank you personally somehow you don't celebrate that first gift you're not recognizing the extraordinary spiritual opportunity that you were just given to make a disciple in your faith community this incredible moment is not a business transaction when someone gives for the first time at your church help my soul oh my goodness i've pastored for the majority of my life so i feel like i've earned the right to speak to pastors listen to me when you don't connect this extraordinary decision with the extraordinary spiritual opportunity and take advantage of it you cause it to be a business transaction rather than making it a spiritual transaction you degrade it to a business transaction and business transactions are reserved for the church business secretary it's a bold step into the spiritual life of your church when someone gives a gift for the first time it is a proclamation that the person is coming under your pastoral care oh my goodness they give you a gift of their substance their treasure jesus says you can always know where someone's heart is because they'll stick their treasure in the same place so when someone gives you their treasure they have just showed you and given you a piece of their heart when someone shares their treasure with your church it is no time to act like it was their assigned duty and you pastor and you church don't have to say thank you oh dear god see la you in the faith of the community pause say a prayer and think about that all right that are those are my five takeaways why don't nonprofits missionaries and churches have a plan for celebrating first time gifts why 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 here's some reasons number 1 it's never been done in the past previous pastor didn't do it before the present pastor came the church the pastor before that didn't do it it's just never been done understand that i come from a tradition where money was like sex you did not talk about it not at home or at church i'm telling you so there's it's just never been 
talked about or even celebrated in the past. That's one reason. Sometimes it's that your donation software doesn't support flagging and letting someone know that someone's giving for the first time. If your organization uses PayPal or GoFundMe or some other giving platform where you cannot uh, cause it to let you know when someone gives for the first time, all of my clients, I recommend to them that they use Bloomerang. You can put your email in there and your text. And when someone gives for the first time, boom, within a couple of seconds, you will get a an email on your phone. And you know, here's the name, here's their address, here's their phone number, here's their gift. And boom, you can call them right then and say, God bless you. Thank you for your gift. Look, you've never given here before. Would you tell me something about you? Okay. And then some, here's, why don't nonprofits, missionaries, churches have a plan for celebrating first-time gifts? Sometimes they'll say, well, we do say, say, say thank you once a year in our annual statement. Big whoop. <laughs> Big whoop. What? Do not hide behind that. That is not good enough. When someone gives to your mission, someone gives to your nonprofit, somebody gives to your ministry, you've got a 48-hour window. You've got a 48-hour window to touch them. And if you can touch them and if you can get someone else significant, a board member or someone on your strategy team, someone on your support team, to contact them too, the chances that they'll give again goes up 400% and the gift will be 39% larger. Wow. Mm. You may say, David, we have too much to do already. We're so busy. We are so busy just doing what God's called us to do. We can't take the time to say thank you. I will say that's sad. It's sad. You don't have the time to say thank you. I'm going to tell you, at the Oaks household, if you were raised in my household, you never had a choice. If somebody gave you a peanut, if somebody gave you something as small as a peanut, Mama Oaks looked at you and you said you knew what that look meant. You know what to say, young man. You better say thank you. Are you about to give that peanut back? <laughs> we have too much to do, some organizations will say. Please, dear God, I'm begging you. The more you hide behind that, the less money you're going to receive and the more you're going to have to do with less money. Oh, dear God, oh my God, that's a horrible, horrible downward spiral. You will always want to do more and you'll have less to do it with. That's a horrible, horrible organization or mission to be attached to. Or one last reason why nonprofits, missionaries, churches, pastors, fundraisers don't have a plan for celebrating first-time gifts. The wrong person, the wrong staff person, just the wrong person's in charge of fundraising. If you're in charge of fundraising and you say, I just don't have time to say thank you, can't do what you're telling me, David, you do not 
belong in that role. That is not the job that you were put on this earth to do. If that were your job and God put you on this earth to do it, you would hear me talking and you would be terrified down in the depth of your gut and you'd say, not another first time giver is going to give and they're not going to get thanked. We're going to go ham crazy over them, thanking them for their gifts. Okay. Let me challenge you something to do. I've given you lots of challenges, but writing a note to first-time donors is really powerful. It's not old-fashioned. It hasn't gone by the wayside. It didn't die with my mom's generation. It still moves people today. So send a first time a first time a note to everyone who gives for the first time and uh and 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 get just to get started that's one of the first things you you don't have to have anybody's help you can do it consider a nonprofit software that automatically schedules a task and alerts the right people when a donor gives for the first time. As I've already told you, I set all my clients up on Bloomerang. I love Bloomerang. I use Bloomerang in my own nonprofit. It's amazing. It works. It's economical, and it's a life changer. If you want to see it in action, touch base with me. I am so fired up about it. I will show you how it works. I'll let you see how it works in our nonprofit, how it works for some of our clients. I'll be glad to do that. So send a first time giver note and you've got to have something to tell you when if they go on your website click something and give please upgrade from whatever you're using that doesn't give you that option upgrade 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 if you don't have an accounting team or if you do i'm sorry if you have an accounting team or a person have them immediately give you the names and addresses of first time givers no later than 48 hours after they've received the gift. That 48-hour window is important. So if um, you're the fundraiser, you're the executive, you're the uh, executive director, if you're the director of um, advancement, you want to speak to your people and let them know, hey, t- call me, <laughs> text me, make sure I know early within that 48-hour window so I can at least send a text. Make your note handwritten. Handwritten means something. It means you had to take the time to write it. It doesn't matter if your handwriting looks like it came from an archaeological dig. The personal touch is what matters. My handwriting, I used to write lots of notes. Everyone that gave it the first time at my church for years, I sent them a personal note. Writing a bunch of notes, taking a half a day to write a bunch of notes. My handwriting did get bad, but I never had anyone come up and say how it offended me. They always come up and said, I got that note and it meant the world. We hung it on our fridge. So many of them address the envelope also in your handwriting. Just a few sentences works wonders if you know how to write a note. So. Don't remain naive about the power of a great handwritten thank you. To help you, I have created a an asset that has been downloaded by the thousands of people 
all over the world. It is the asset that gets downloaded from my website and from my emails more than any other. And it's called Getting That Elusive Second Gift by Writing Better Thank Yous. Grab this asset, this asset, print it out, give it to your board members, give everybody a copy, and then train one or two. Get at least one. But get two if you can. Get some of your folks to help you to write uh, thank yous, handwritten thank yous to these people who give for the first time. You do that and you will start down the path to getting your organization the money it needs. All right, click on the link in the show notes and you can you can get to that. All right. Oh, that's my show for today. I've been pretty tough. I know, I know I've been tough. But if you will allow me to challenge you and push you to the next level, you will see your fundraising efforts multiplied. You can 10x, you can 50x, you can 100x what you're doing. I've helped people and watched it happen. I watched them go to zero, past 100 mile an hour. They're doing 1,000 mile an hour. It's amazing, incredible. All right. So I've really challenged you uh, uh, tough today. I know I have. So let me lift you up as I send you on. Always remember who you are. Remember who we are. We are proud nonprofit leaders on a mission. We're on a mission to create a changed world. We're not begging. We're not pleading. We're inviting humanity to partner with Providence to see injustice become justice, to see wrongs become righted. We want to leave the world we found in a better place. So until next time, this is David Oaks reminding you, it's the minor touches that lead to major impact. So long. 